0: Oh my, look at that fish!
1: What's up everybody, welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. It's your host, Josh Rinkler, the orange Smallmouth guy. <laughs> God, dude. <laughs> the, the it
2: won't die. It's it, it just like
1: it's got a life of its own. It's just getting started, baby. Uh, oh my gosh. Christian I Ball saw... on the other side of the virtual uh studio. What's going on, dude? What's up, man? You're the you're the most famous shrinko now. I I thought I would just you know, lean into it. I changed my bio on my Instagram to say (laughs) the orange smallmouth guy. So (laughs) the gold the goldfish smolly guy. (laughs) Yeah. So so yeah, it's uh it's interesting. I actually had somebody message me today that gave me some advice. Apparently he had something like that go viral and signed a contract with a news organization that paid him royalties on it. And I was like, Huh, I didn't even know that was possible. So um I don't think I'm gonna do that though. It's gonna be cash and checks. You know the thing that pisses Every me off. Every two about, weeks you're gonna get 15 cents.
2: Yeah, from I the know.
1: goldfish deal. You know the thing that makes me the one thing about that whole ordeal. is cool fish, right? You know, it was really unique. I feel like I was responsible for it kind of taking off because I, you know, disseminated it, you know, in strategic places. And, you inseminated, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but you know the stuff. You know, I've been on the news and newspapers and magazines and stuff. But the people that are benefiting the most out of it are people that just repost that shit. And like, it's really frustrating because, like, I've seen people have messaged me probably no less than fifty times about. Oh, I saw it on this place, or I saw it on that place. And I saw one dude, you know, no fault of his own, but he, dude, made a reel of just my video, nothing else, just my video of me talking. And it had like (laughs) 300,000 views. And I'm like, I, and I, or I messaged him, I was like, hey, dude, can you like tag me in that? He's like, oh, dude, if I tag you, uh, it'll like stop the algorithm. (laughs) Like, I'm like, well, dude, that's not even your video. (laughs) I mean, you just reposted it. So, lesson learned. If I ever catch another orange smallmouth, uh, I'm going to have to copyright the photos, you know, do something like that. So,
2: Have you approached Pepperidge
1: Farms for an endorsement deal? Goldfish? I actually thought about that. I was like, you know, what are some (laughs) orange companies, like uh, Orange Juice Company or something like that? I'm like, I feel like, Drew Gregory, you know he got his video picked up by Goose Island Beer. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. I about mean, did you know that that'll if this keeps kind of snowballing it keeps going? I mean, I had two reporters contacting me today, like every day. I have people asking me. So yeah. we'll
2: see, man. It's a uh, it's that twenty four hour news cycle, dude. They just it, they
1: need stuff to report on. I know, it's it's wild. Um, so, dude, it's been been a minute. Uh. We both kind of been doing our own thing uh since we last um you know had a podcast. I don't what have you, what have you been up to, dude? I have I've been the Susquehanna. We'll talk about that. We we have a guest coming on here in just a a bit. Um have a habit of bringing on people that completely embarrass me during tournaments so <laughs> this episode is no exception <laughs>
2: uh yeah nolan minor will be on in a little bit so stick around if you want to hear what a real fisherman has to say <laughs> uh, <laughs> no i've just been doing my thing man just staying close to home you know i've been i've been fishing quite a few quite a few times been struggling for size what's up what do you got there oh, a little okay. gumball head
1: yeah look good nice,
2: buddy uh yeah just been staying close to home fishing you know uh i I keep sort of you know getting a little 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 strung along by the boat by the boat situation, you know, but uh you know we'll see how it works out. It's supposed to be maybe maybe this weekend. <laughs> really uh, like, he's like toy with your emotions dude. Yeah. yeah i know so we've been i've been doing quite a bit of fishing though i've been i've been getting out it's been lots of fish let's just put it that way i've been struggling to find the the top tier fish but you know overall i've uh, been having some really good numbers days um yeah you had a really good trip to sugar that you you and jeremiah right what? Yeah. Yeah. We had like a huge day. I think we caught, you know, over a hundred fish in an evening on fly rods. So impressive. yeah, that was pretty phenomenal. I caught one eighteen uh, on that, on that trip. And then, um, and then I, I went out with Burton, uh, I think maybe a week after that and caught, you know, we had crazy numbers on that trip too. Where'd you go? Uh, we went to like the middle, middle of Darlington area. Mm, so
1: okay.
2: yeah, it was fun. We had a good, really good trip, a ton. They were just hammering a fluke. So we stayed in one spot, uh, which is kind of like an you know, a little bit of an obscure location on the river. And we just stayed in one spot and probably caught like, I don't know, 35, 40. So it got so good, good
1: that Burton tried to catch one of on my fly rod. So, <laughs> Burton yeah. has been good. Good God, do you you unleash that dude with a fly rod and a box of flies? Like I don't. That's dangerous business. Dude. Hide, your, hide your hide your kids. Hide your wife. <laughs> that's all I'm saying.
2: No, it, it's been fun, man. Uh, you know, nothing as glamorous as what you've been up to. You've been globe trotting, and you know, yeah.
1: I don't shot calling, I mean, dude. I uh, yeah. I mean, I had a chance to go out to Pennsylvania. But um, it cost me, dude. It cost me my opportunity to fish the uh, IK event that I'm so well known for finishing second in. And wouldn't you know it, one, for the first year ever, they gave trophies to the top three places. Like, what kind of bullshit is that? Jason Young, I'm calling you out, dude. The first year I don't fish it, you give hardware out for the top three places. And then to top it off, 83 inches wins it. I've never had below 83 inches in that tournament.
2: Not in that tournament. Nope. Never. (laughs) So, But in other tournaments, perhaps you have had less than 83 inches.
1: Yeah, not much. Dude, Uh, before we get on to your stuff,
2: let's let's just... I'm glad that that everybody is getting a full display of Pickering. Because, I mean, if you guys didn't see this, our buddy Nate Pickering, who goes on our you know, our annual fishing trip up, up north. Absolutely put the hammer down uh, on White River earlier this week. He had a bag of 94, was it 94.75?
1: Yep. 94 Which and a quarter, I think. ninety four point ninety four 94, 94 and a
2: quarter, whatever. I mean, a, a phenomenal bag of fish. And, uh, you know, it was, I mean, yeah, I think the next second, second place in that tournament had to have been, what, 15 inches behind him or something like that? I mean, it was... I don't even know who got second, honestly. Uh, Cravens actually got second. He well, had 86 and change. He was probably, what, 20? He got 28, 30 inches, something like that. I'm not <laughs> sure. No, but for real, Pickering, dude, what a a phenomenal... Probably tournament performance of the year, for sure, locally. I mean, just an outrageous bag of fish. So... Yeah. pretty I mean, that, that stuff gets seen on you know, Susquehanna and new river and stuff like that. Definitely not around here. So,
1: well, I will say that's a testament to two things. One Pickering is a hell of a fisherman. Um, and the other thing is, you know, white river has been showing out pretty well over the last year, two years since they've had that tournament trail in there. It's, uh, you know, other than it being kind of small, you know, just which affects its ability to sustain a lot of anglers. You know, it's it's no Susquehanna from a size perspective, but the the fishing on it, man, it's I have to say, for as bad a rap as that river gets, you know, recreationally because of the pollution and the fact that it runs through Indianapolis, uh, it's uh, it's turned into a pretty good, and honestly, really, it's outshined Sugar Creek. Uh, let's be honest here, um, uh, from a you know, just a quality and numbers perspective. Um, so, White River, if you're if you're out of town, you're looking for a really, really prime uh, small river, dude. White River. She she may not she may not look good from the outside, but boy, she's got a good engine. She puts out. So <laughs> that's what we like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude. Uh, Pickering and then Austin Killian. Give a shout out to him. He won the IKA tournament with. The 83 inches we were referring to earlier and uh you just w- fully shit on him 10 seconds ago <laughs> well
2: i will <laughs> say dude, less than you know i mean it could have been i, I will
1: i will say this dude pickering you know he he barely scraped together a limit on that day so clearly uh-huh. the the fish uh the fish took a turn dude it's like one of those <laughs> things that you know when you're like fishing and like the fish are just unpredictable, dude. I mean, for Pickering to go out and get damn near 95 inches on a Thursday and then goes out Saturday, you know, and I don't know what he had. I don't even think it was 80 inches. Um, dude, that's like, it's like, what the hell? And I know I text Pickering all day. Like, I know what, what he did. And he went back to those places where he had caught fish. And dude, they just weren't there. They weren't eating. So... Yeah. You know, it's a some
2: days you hit it right, some days you don't. It's kind of, you know, those multi-day tournaments though. You know, we talk we've talked about this on a couple of podcasts. You know, they're fun because it allows for a lot of people to fish them and that kind of thing and and, and I guess there's a certain component of gamesmanship and strategy about, you know, which day you're going to fish versus which day you're not, but it definitely right. is not an equal playing field at times. Well, you know,
1: the- yeah, a live event where everybody fishes the same day is, is definitely an equalizer. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, she can be, the river can be a cruel mistress, man. She's a, I mean, she's she, a fickle little bitch. Yeah, she? She, she's there one day, she's gone the next. And uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, let's
2: get, let's get right into it, dude Speaking of fickle little bitches Actually, fickle big bitches
1: <laughs> She's uh, a big J- bitch <laughs> Josh,
2: who took a crew of Indiana boys out to the Susquehanna Really showed his ass I mean, what are you going to do to apologize to Wet Boy Nation for your performance? You must prostrate yeah. yourself in some way
1: There's There's not really anything I can say or do uh, to make up for it to be honest like i i let you guys down you know this I is had- josh's
2: he's gonna harry carry himself which is <laughs> a very lewd term i understand but he's gonna harry carry himself on the podcast with a whopper plopper hook straight to his jugular uh, if he doesn't do it he doesn't he doesn't deserve this,
1: this i will platform. i will say uh you know nolan comes on speaking of whopper ploppers dude I refuse to throw it. I was saying the whole week, like, I'm not throwing a damn whopper plopper, and everybody's like, Oh, that's what they love on the Susquehanna. You know, turns out uh Nolan caught uh his first day it was pretty much an all whopper popper fish. Um mm. so sting you know <laughs> it does sting because I was like of the mind of like, oh, I'm you know, anybody that knows me knows that I kinda either throw a fluke, right? Or I will throw something kind of counter to what I feel like everybody else is throwing. I'm not the guy that's like, Ooh, I got to have that hot lure. Like I always try to find something that nobody else is doing. And, uh, I think that, that hurt me in this one a little bit. Um, you're born contrarian. I, I am a all contrarian for
2: sure. All shrinkos are, well, you went <laughs> along, you went along with me calling you a contrarian. So I don't know, maybe you're not, but
1: that's true. I'm a con well, that, yeah, well that could go in a, in a never ending <laughs> Positive feedback loop. No, in my... <laughs> no, it won't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not a
2: contrarian. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I know. Well, anyways, it's you know, it it is what it is. I mean you know i think if if it demonstrates one thing to the listeners it's that there truly is no bar for entry to start your own podcast
1: <laughs> yeah you know, they're
2: they're not holding auditions for this shit you know you could you can just be a normal dude in his basement in greenwood and you know his office in martinsville and you know have a have a podcast so uh anyways dude no it's it is what it is i mean nobody you're also on a brand new river to you you fished it one other time you know yeah it's very low clear conditions which i don't think you'd ever fish that river on and tell us so who all did you go with so you can
1: talk about the crew yeah so uh brad Oswalt was the one that kind of organized it originally and got a cabin uh and we 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 jokingly uh, gave Brad our time. He got the cabin thirty minutes from the river, so <laughs> it was uh it's quite the haul every morning to get to the river. Uh, we oh were staying in we were staying in Amish country, um, but uh, it was a very cool cabin. It had a huge uh, oh like a picnic uh, shelter house thing in the front. It was pretty neat. But uh, Brad, Oswald, you of all people should not be shitting on people for how they plan a trip. You know, the pressure that this entails, Yeah, it's, it is a lot of pressure. Um, but we had, uh, Alex Deneau, Josh Cravens, uh, Andy, not, um, me and, uh, freaking the dude that tell me, about I don't, the words don't even describe <laughs> freaking Ryan Van Tyn, And I'm sure he's going to listen to this, uh, Dude, one, I'll say this about that guy. He is uh, uh, the most genuine dude you'll probably ever meet in your life. Uh, he's also the most wild guy you'll ever meet in your life. Um, <laughs> he he brought his buddy Phil, who's a disabled guy who goes kayak fishing with him. And if there's one thing that I saw about Ryan, dude, it demonstrates he's a good dude. I mean, he literally like takes care of this dude, like unloads his kayak for him and kind of drags him around the river and I'm like, dude, that's a pretty good dude. If he's willing to do that and get a guy uh, out on his uh, kayak that otherwise probably wouldn't be able to. So shout out to Phil. Phil's good dude. We had good conversation while I was there and uh, yeah, it was a good group of guys, good group of boys. Um, It was super wet. Like we had the wettest time ever, Uh, but it was, it was a, I will say there wasn't a lot of shenanigans. You know, we, we fished hard, went to bed early, got up early. Dino texted uh, me
2: and said it was a business trip.
1: Yeah, it it I definitely, said, it I definitely said,
2: well, You didn't close any deals on that business trip. It was uh, Yeah, that
1: is true. <laughs> uh the the goal with us was just like, oh, we got a cast your check in this in this cab, and that was kind of the goal, and we obviously didn't do that. But you know, without going into I don't want to make this a Susquehanna recap episode, but I'll say this. You know, we had. I got there Wednesday night. Practice hard for three days, and uh, the tournament was a two day tournament, which is first one I've ever done like that, which is really cool. I actually, in most circumstances, I think that would be my preference to have a two day tournament. Um, but the river was at kind of historic lows, um, and really, what it boiled down to is this. To, to do well in that tournament, you needed to be able to find areas that held the right depth of water and had the right substrate. Um, and they were very specific type areas. And if you didn't know that river, uh, the chances of finding some of those areas were very difficult. And I didn't really ever find a the right area until... Probably midway through the second day. And that's where I ran into um, Nolan, which I'm sure he'll talk about. He gave us a shout out on his last YouTube video. Um, but, you know, it it was a, as much as I really was looking forward to that trip and I really wanted to do well, I will say like I learned more about uh, the what the fish are doing this time of year in those conditions than I uh, than I would have even if I would have won that tournament because I got to see both sides of the coin. I got to see what I did wrong. And I got to see what people did right to actually win it. And to do that well, like the, as good as he did, like he had to figure out the freaking pattern. And, you know, sometimes I feel like we do well, we'll figure out a pattern, but it's not the pattern, you know? but 200 anglers like you have to figure out the pattern and I'll have him come in here and talk about it. But it it connected a lot of dots. It clicked a lot of uh, switches for me that like going into next year when I, we get to this time of year and it's like this, like I'm going to look at the fish a completely different way than I did this year. Um, You know, and I do plan on going back there. So who knows what, Time of year it'll be and what the conditions will be like. But even here, it can be applied. So I'm interested for him to come and talk about a little bit of uh, what he did and how he did it. And then we'll try to, instead of just glossing over this tournament, which I think a lot of other podcasts that he's been on did, I want to actually talk about the why. Like, why are the fish doing that? And Chris is an excellent person to have on for this conversation because when you look at what he was doing, it was very so, very much so a fly fishing sort of technique, and something that the reason he was able to do it, nobody else did it because it's hard to do on conventional gear. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. I'll I'll be interested to hear you guys kind of converse back and forth. Um, but yeah, uh, all in all, man, it was a great trip really great trip, great learning experience. I mean, if you haven't been out there to fish, I know we've talked about the Susquehanna multiple times. We had Gorsuch on and Jeff Little on and who else? Are we we've had a at least one Juan. other Juan. Yeah, One's been on uh the Susquehanna is something to behold. There are so many 18-inch fish in that river that it's crazy. Um <clears throat> and they're they're officially the meanest nastiest smallmouth that I've ever caught, dude. They just are unbelievable fighters. It it's a notch above. So yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll talk with Nolan, see what he has to say. But, but yeah. Lots
2: of listeners. Uh you know, Jake Harshman,
1: uh Harshman. Is that what's his last Harshman. name? Harshman. Harshman, yeah. He took uh fourth, I believe, or third Yeah, he
2: did very well. Uh and I know he's you know, he I know he listens to the pod, so I think he took Cinema. third, yeah. Congratulations. And I think that, I mean, we'll kind of get into this, I'm sure, but like Nolan and his brother went
1: 1 2. Uh huh.
2: And I think their dad was in the top 10 or something like that. So, yep.
1: And Nolan, I did invite his brother, Ewing. I don't know if he's coming on or not, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I know Chris but, uh... always looks forward to getting siblings on here to try to, <laughs> you know, twins. Those... <laughs> stir, stir that pot. Um <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, yeah, I uh, <clears throat> we need to get out and do some fishing together. I feel like it's been months
1: since yeah, we've I, been I was actually thinking uh I wanted to get out this weekend um on I can't go Sunday but I could go Saturday. So um well, we'll figure that out. But
2: uh but anyways, dude, yeah, it's been uh you haven't been how when's the last time you went out in Indiana?
1: Mm, uh I don't know. I mean I went to Muskegon obviously. That was like before then. I I into June, I, maybe? No, it's been before that. I I uh I f I fished out of that Hobie a couple times on the White River. I just can't remember. I think I fished
2: How did the uh, how did the Hobie do yeah. on the Susquehanna? Uh,
1: um, you know it it was awesome. I put a a really cool anchor like setup on it, so I have a bow mounted anchor on it, mm-hmm. and um, that performed flawlessly. What anchor um,
2: system did you get for it?
1: Well, I have an anchor wizard, like the sh- like the little thing that pushes the little tube on the front. Yeah. And then, um, and I used those little yak attack, um, I can't remember what they're called, um, but they're things you glue down. It's like a little piece of track, basically, on it. Worked great. And then I have a little dog leash just to keep my um, thing, my cord wound up. It actually, I was trying to keep it as light as possible. I didn't want to put that big, you know, crank Your thing on leash. there. Yeah. yeah. But it got three holes in it while I was there, so... That's a problem. <laughs> oh, no. From hooks or what? So one of them was a I what I think was a treble hook in the side. And I don't know how long it had been there, but I just noticed one of the pontoons on the side was getting soft, like in the middle of the day. And I like looked back and immediately saw a bubble trail where it was uh, uh-huh. coming out. So I'm like, okay, no big deal. Patch that. And then the next day I was out I got a hole from fit, a fish spine going through the top of the mat. Um, Patch that. And then the next, I got another one from a fish spine. Um, yeah. Uh, that's, so, not, that's not good. <laughs> no. Harshman uh, got a bunch of those fish spine ones. Christine Fisher had that one. She got a bunch of fish spine ones. Um, who else? I think Craven's got a hole in his maybe. Um, they're. The thing was the fish spine ones are small enough, like you literally didn't I mean you could fish the whole day and it didn't even get soft. So it right. wasn't like a big deal. Uh I bought some of the um the what Crow, uh Jeremy Crow has that kayer, chi- that older version of that kayak and he said, Yeah, fish will definitely put pinholes in it. And mm-hmm. he said to get that aqua seal stuff that we use on our waders. Yeah. Um he said that'll patch it right up. So I did buy some of that. The problem is, in order to use that, you have to deflate it because if right. it's inflated and has pressure, it it won't seal. It'll blow out. Yeah. So it's kind of on the water. It's like if you get a a big leak, I don't which I didn't really get a big leak. I I don't know what you would do about it. Like I hmm. I don't know. You'd have to have something that dried really fast. I don't know. But anyways. That's unusual.
2: I mean, because like our inflatable rafts,
1: and I by the trust way, me,
2: uh, this podcast for the moment is brought to you by River Rat USA, <laughs> Drift it the is. Rat. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, our inflatable rafts. You know, we've really not had any of those types of issues. And I mean, you guys have seen Josh handle fish. I mean, he throws them in the boat, lets them flop around, gets their you know, gets their slime all off of them, gets them, you know, and then throws them back in. Never had any pinholes from fish spines or anything like that. Yeah,
1: I, I know. That's why I'm, I really don't know what to think of it. Like I, that's, I had the expectation that it wouldn't have holes because of that, and, uh, I, think I mean, you're have... just,
2: you're just speaking the truth. And this, Isn't... I think lends credence to, I think you know, the fact normal. that we, we do bring an honest review, you know, with the gear that we recommend, And I'm not saying you don't recommend the Hobie. I'm sure it's a great, I'm sure it's a great kayak, but I'm just saying it's, it's definitely
1: something to, you know, keep in mind. It's interesting. I would have not
0: guessed that.
1: I think it was, it was one of those things. Honestly, I think that kayak was made for as a wreck kayak. And Mm -hmm. I think that it, uh, they, they Hobie didn't make the material as thick as their last version. And, yeah, Harshman put a huge hole in the bottom of his, freaking blew it out in the tournament. He had to. I think it was like late in the day, so it didn't affect his his place. your
2: name from Hobie to Ho bitch, dude. That's, that's <laughs> the bottom, and that's the bottom line. To quote <laughs> Steve Austin, dude. All right, so the guest, our guest for the podcast, has joined us silently. And and what's up, Nolan? How you doing?
0: Hey, yeah, I didn't want to interrupt. I, I was trying to figure out where y'all were at. We uh, uh, were, we're yeah, talking it's... shit on
2: on uh, Hobie, I guess. I don't know. No, it, it, it wasn't. No. It
1: wasn't planned. So, no, that uh, that that eye track I have, I love it, but it. I did get three holes in it during that tournament, so we're gonna have to address that situation. But uh, but dude, welcome on, man. Last time I saw you, you were freaking embarrassing me catching 18s while I was like right across the river pissing me off so <laughs> congrats were you, hold them, were, were you holding them up too like <laughs> <laughs> might, might as well have been. the river's not that wide where we were at no so, uh. no we were <laughs> on, we were on one side of the island yeah and i'm like i just uh i had just lost like when i first saw you i just lost a monster it was like i mean for me at that point it was minimum 18 and i was like pissed off and i saw you kind of Dinking and dunking around below where I was fishing that ledge up above there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was telling the buddies I was with, I was like, dude, I was looking down at this dude and he was like, kind of zigzagging back there. And I was like, dude, I was catching so many fish up there, but I only caught one nice one. And I was like, I was praying to God that he wasn't going to come up in that ledge. Little did I know he's winning the tournament on that flat behind me. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> but yeah, you could
2: have that spot, dude. <laughs> I'm not coming
1: up there. <laughs> yeah, keep looking back at him. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. In retrospect, it was definitely, uh, you know, it's a learning experience. So, But, dude, congrats, man. Congrats. Yeah, you know. thank you. I know yeah, you, was, you've done the podcast circuit,
0: so um, Yeah, I've I've done a couple, but I'm not gonna tell anybody no. I mean it's all it's all good. Well obviously. Good. Obviously,
2: you came onto this <laughs> podcast. You're not telling anybody no.
0: <laughs> no, um, no I had to after after we uh we crossed paths on the river. I wasn't gonna wasn't gonna miss out on this. Yeah, dude. Well,
1: uh the the Susquehanna was uh we were talking about you know the changing conditions and stuff and and how it was like super low so we're gonna shut up and let you kind of talk about uh you know what you did during the tournament how you figured him out and um you know chris chris is a you know he's a pretty much a dedicated fly guy so the bug game is not gonna be lost on him so i'm i'm interested to hear you guys kind of converse about about that bite and but Go and give us give us well, a give us a story, man. Before you get into that, Nolan Miner, you live in Virginia,
2: right? Yes, Central Virginia. Central Virginia, and are you like an exclusively river guy? Do you lake fish? Like, what's kind of what are you into?
0: I kind of fish for like everything that has a okay. tail. Like I don't, I don't really have anything that I don't do. Okay. Um I spent a lot of time fishing rivers growing up uh throughout middle school, high school, I kayaked rivers a lot, or even when I wasn't kayaking, there's a small river relatively within walking distance of my house, uh, that I would spend a lot of time on. So rivers to me, it's that's like the form of fishing that I have to think about the least. It all just kind of makes sense. It's very, very familiar territory to me. And that's I think that's part of the reason why this tournament went so well for my brother and I it's just it would you know it fished like home. Okay. So salt, uh trout all of it pretty much yeah um i mean i would say the like leading up to the tournament probably the last month prior to the tournament i had done anything from like catching tunas on poppers um i went live scoping for brown trout at night
2: oh nice Uh, okay
0: and then, you know, I practiced on some smallmouth rivers around here to make sure I still knew what I was doing before. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that's, that's
0: nice because Josh
2: exclusively rivers smallmouth fishes,
0: <laughs> just so you know. And
2: you kick the shit out of him <laughs> for a weekend. So that's got to feel nice. But anyways, so uh, so yeah, run us through a little bit of, of strategy, run us through a little bit about your mind, fr- you know, kind of your mindset and uh, and kind of what you were able to sort of gather by looking at the conditions and and being able to step outside and and be successful. Yeah.
0: So the year before, uh, my little brother Ewing got second place on the river, but that was when the water was up, um, completely different river than not, not even close to anything being similar. Um, I actually saw the river last year because I was headed up to, I want to say a Bassmaster open on Oneida, and that was about the same time that they had the tournament down there. So I had se- I'd seen the river before, but not actually fished it. But yeah, it was a way different ball game then. And everybody caught him on, you know, the jackhammer uh, that every kayak fisherman in the entire world throws religiously. It's a great bait. Um, it's unfortunate how good it is and how everybody uses it. But I was really hoping that we would not have high water. Because the way that I look at it, if they're eating that thing, that's anybody's fish. If they're eating a big spinnerbait or a a jackhammer or something, you're you're chunking and winding, those are anybody's fish. right? So, you know, if there's a guy floating down the river in front of you, yeah, I mean, you can have an advantage if you know how to pick apart current better. Um, But for the most part, you know, I was, I I didn't want that. I didn't want that kind of tournament. Um, And seeing as this summer has been, I don't know about where y'all are at, but around here we've had hardly any rain and the susquehanna was the same way it's the lowest i think i could be wrong on this uh according to the usgs data the only time it has been lower than during the tournament was like 1964. that was like so it was it was definitely low yeah yeah super super low but that's what i wanted because I know that around me, when the water gets low and hot and in the summertime, the smallmouth get kind of hard to catch. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing, I think, because it, you know, it keeps a lot of other people from being able to beat up fish in the same way. And so basically my frame of mind was to try to find these bug eating fish, um, that would probably be harder for people to catch them during practice and beat them up because that happened to most of the river. I'm sure everybody talked about that. Their fish, you know, they had a bunch of fish or caught them in practice and then didn't. Well, it's, it's low water. Those fish aren't going to move. Like, you're not going to go and float through a nice area and, like, catch five or six, and then it's just going to replenish. Like, the fish that are there, those fish are living there. They're, they're in their last spot. They're retreating. You know, like, the water's low. They don't have any. Like, there's not, you know, there's staging areas. This is it. Like, there's nowhere else to fall back to. Those fish are in the That's last how low place. it
2: was, right? I mean, there's,
0: yeah, there's nowhere exactly. for them to spread out to. It's wild. Exactly. Um, so I just wanted to find an area that potentially would be less exposed to the flotilla of people fishing throughout practice. And Josh probably had the same idea. Um, if I, you know, can, can gather that. Uh, The second day about halfway through. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) so.
2: Yeah, it was the Once area we he saw in.
0: you.
1: Yes, he got it. that was his
0: idea. Yes, uh, no, he was he was in there on on his own on behalf. I, if anybody would have come in there because they knew I was in there, I would have been able to tell because of how I was accessing, and nobody did any of that. So that was really cool to see. But um yeah, I you know I looked at that area on the map, and it had the least amount of riffles compared to anywhere else, and so I knew that that would be a good area to look for those bug fish and interesting um so kind of a map recon did yeah. you do any pre-fishing at all yeah i mean i got there on wednesday i didn't do any like pre-practice you know it was what people call it if you like go up a month before or whatever just to see yeah. the place but no i had not seen the river up until the week of so you went out confirmed it was a, a spot that had some depth that kind <laughs> of thing it was yeah it was It was kind of wild how I predicted it from so far out. Like, it never, ever, ever works like that. I've fished so many tournaments, and normally, you know, you study your map, and you think you have something pinned down, and then you usually end up doing something completely different than what you thought. That's what happens most of the time. That's what I was prepared for. Well, I looked at the map, saw the water, you know, was still going to stay low, went over in there to look on Wednesday there was a whole lot of big fish and they ate the bug and I was like all right well I'm gonna have to find something really really good if I don't come back here during the tournament and so I spent the rest of the time pretty much looking around and exploring and kind of learning more about how that river fishes because it fishes similar to where I live but it is it's a unique system there's no there's no river that's exactly like the Susquehanna yeah I, I think that's uh
2: I think it's pretty remarkable that you were able to sort of I think, I think maybe you, you went at it from a perspective of like, there are going to be 200 people here. uh, You know, they're all going to be fishing before and on the day of the tournament. You got to do something different, right? I mean, was that part mm-hmm. of your, was that part of your perspective yeah. or was it just more like you saw what the fish were doing and reacted to that?
0: No, it's, I mean, when you fish big tournaments and I've done, you know, I fished a lot in college, not kayak stuff, but I fished college tournaments where it was 250 boats almost every event. I fished some Bassmaster Opens last year which that's 225 boats every every event. Half the battle is just getting a step ahead of the other fishermen. Yeah, you still got to pay attention to what the fish are doing, but you got to you got to figure out what the other guys are not doing. That's that's really to fish big tournaments. That's really what it comes down to a lot of the time. Small tournaments are fun because then you only have to worry about the fish. That's, right. you know, everybody knows that. It's like real fishing, uh, yeah, to a certain yes. extent. Exactly. So, exactly. Big, big tournaments are a different, different ballgame for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I mean,
2: I don't know, cause I haven't listened to the other um, appearances that you've, that you've done on other, on other fishing podcasts, but like, how specific are you getting with like, are you talking about like what you, what your exact approach was? I mean, I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, I, I've, okay. well, I mean, I put two YouTube videos up. I'm not hiding okay. anything All as right. this, this day and age keeping secrets is not really how you're going to progress into the fishing world. Um, and it would be kind of silly for me to keep things under wraps in hopes that somehow in a couple years we end up on the river and it's exactly the same condition. It'll probably be
1: really low and clear next year. <laughs> you're going to be like, <laughs> son of a bitch.
0: I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this. I don't know that they're going next year, but that's all there's always rumors about, tournament series and stuff i'm pretty sure that Bassmaster starts false rumors about where their tournaments are going to be so then we all think we know because that was something that always happened in college somebody be like oh yeah so and so from bass told me that we're going here and then the schedule comes out and it's not that at all so i i've heard things but i guess i'm still very much in the dark um so let's yeah let's start with like
2: setup so yeah uh so what do you because I mean, obviously, you know Josh kind of told you like i'm I'm a fly guy, so like i I know how that works, you know, fishing mm-hmm. that presentation. I've never really seen it done on conventional gear, so just kind of walk me through like what your rod looks like, your
0: line, yeah, all of it, so the reason I kind of got the idea for this is I have a buddy who guides on the New River in Virginia. You've probably heard of that if you're a fly fishing guy. Uh, We've fished like yeah. Okay, Yeah, yep. so if y'all like smallmouth, you've probably heard of it too. Um, and so I called him up about a month before. Him and I actually, we fished together as uh, partners in high school. We did really well fishing some high school tournaments. Um, so I know him really well. So I called him like a month before, and I was like, hey, man, I just want to pick your brain on summertime smallmouth because I've done it, but I don't do it every day. Um, and he was like, man, you know, most of my clients are spinning rod guys and we'll go, you know, I don't know, five, six trips in a week and five of them will be spinning rod guys. And one trip he'll take fly guys. And he's like, man, when we take the spinning rod trips, we'll catch 40, 50 in a day. Easy. Um, which is normal for river smallmouth in the summertime. And, but he was like, man, we'll catch like, you know, maybe one 18 incher because the new river size structure is much different from the susquehanna it has big fish but there's not as many they are bigger but anyway that's not the important part but he's like man i'll take a fly rod client out there and we'll catch a dozen fish and we'll catch five big ones five 18 to 20 plus inch fish nice all on that bug you know they call them bug fish um and he was like you know i don't know what it's going to be like up there I, I don't know anything about the susquehanna i i, I would imagine it, can have bug fish as well and it's a it's a behavior thing too it's like specific you know behavior that these fish get in in the summertime so i was just planning on fly fishing because i know how to fly fish i've fly fished plenty i was like i'm just gonna take like a six weight or seven weight some bugs uh and throw down but then i was looking on a website fishing online that um i get some stuff from and i was like man that bait i would normally think looks really goofy but uh, there might be something to that let me order a couple of these and uh it's an evergreen gizmo for um people who don't know and i got them and i was like yeah i need to go test these out so i took them to a smaller river um a tributary of the james river in virginia i just looked like up, a week i just looked these them. things up <laughs> it, it looks just like the fly rod, rod yeah like a pop- if,
2: if yeah, you if you're listening to the podcast it's, it's, it's uh it's definitely worth your time check out the evergreen gizmo yeah. That's wild. they're really hard
0: to find right now. Uh, yeah, my now, friend you've made so many some, podcast appearances. <laughs> my, my, my friends have gotten some in at fishing online. They got them in today, but they only had them in for like two hours and I had been telling them they needed to get more. And so they have more coming now. So it should be no, no more than a week until you can for sure find some from okay. them. Nice. But yeah, so that, that little bug, I took it to somewhere near home, tested it out. And I found, you know, big, small mouth in low clear water. Um, that were being real skittish, but you throw that bug out in front of them, as long as they don't see you before, like they hear that thing splat and they just zip right over to it. You give it a little twitch, boom, they suck it down. A lot of times you don't even have to move it. They're going to just glide right up to it and eat it in one motion. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is probably going to be something I need to pay attention to for, uh, the tournament. And so, yeah, I ended up throwing it on a seven 2 um, Abu Garcia winch rod. Um, And it's, I think it's a spy bait and shad wrap rod is what the rods designed for, but it's just a seven, two medium light. Honestly, I would rather have like a seven, six, uh, to be able to throw it a little further because it weighs a little less than an eighth of an ounce, but it it does fly pretty well for being that lightweight. And especially with those little wing things it has, you would think it would spin like crazy, but I don't think that it does. Or if it does, it doesn't spin much. It, It tracks very, very well. So you' how, um,
2: how long are you like 30 40 feet casts like are you able to go further you think
0: I don't really know to put a number on it I know that you, pretty much if you can see one you can usually reach them with it oh, okay and well, sight fishing that's you know that's all that really matters um yeah I don't I don't know in terms of of distance what I'd be able to say but I fish um 10 pound braid to eight pound mono leader because you need something that floats i messed around with some tippet in practice because tippet is way thinner than like a regular mono and i was like oh that'll be even better because it won't be able to see it and i got some i think it was 3x um which is like 8.2 pound is what this stuff was right but turns out the abrasion resistance of tippet is very very low (laughs) and my brother and i both figured that out in practice so then i just got some uh Got some triline because I was running out of baits and, uh, you know, breaking fish off that like straight up you shouldn't break off. You know, I like at first I thought it was a fluke and then the second one I was like, oh, this isn't good. Like I need to. I've done the same I thing. I, need I 1X or something, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, I've done the same thing like fishing, you know, with like you know on bottom with conventional gear. I'm like out of fluoro and I'm like, oh, well, I've got plenty of tippet, you know, fluoro mm-hmm. tippet. So I'll just use some like 1X tippet. For some reason yeah it's it is very it's not abrasion resistant it will it has it's just not made for it you know it's not a good no. substitute so
0: no no and I figured that out quickly um but yeah and yeah it's pretty much all sight fishing I did learn that you can catch them not sight fishing but you really got to know where they're at and since you got to present it to them without spooking them and your casting range is not as long as most baits it's Typically, just a sight fishing thing. Um, I know that my buddy on the New River, they fish underneath overhangs and they're not sight fishing when they are doing their bug stuff, but the New River has a lot of depth right up against the banks. Susquehanna does not have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure there's situations you can make that bug work probably anywhere that you have smallmouth that are relating to a cicada or something. But I love that um, though. I love that idea. I think that's so yeah. cool.
2: Um, you know, especially like, you know, here. It, You know, it's the same way. I mean, when it gets low, it gets like gin clear and you can see every, it's like you're fishing in a tiny swimming pool, you Mm -hmm. know, at times you can see every fish. So I think not having the actual fly line, cause you know, smallmouth are not very leader shy. You know, you can throw 20 pound mono if you wanted to. I mean, a lot of times they're, they're really not going to react to it, but like the fly line itself being, you know, not at all camouflaged or transparent or anything like that. They're very spooky with it. So if you could hmm. do that with conventional gear, like with braid and have like a 10 foot leader or however long. Your yeah, leader was, That's what I was doing. That's pretty deadly, dude. I mean, that would be very deadly. Yeah. That's what jump-
1: I, that's what I was. When I got back, I immediately called Chris and I was like, all right, dude, we gotta, we gotta come up with some stuff here. Um, <laughs> So, so I have a, I do have a question about like where you're fishing. Obviously not, you know, the exact spots, Um, but I was struggling, um, you know, in practice, like I, I, I didn't do myself a favor. My theory was like, well, I'm going to fish this same stretch like three days in a row essentially. And I'm going to like learn this stretch and then I'm going to, so I know where the fish are Mm -hmm. and like during practice, I just fish the wrong stretches because when we got off the water, like nobody that fished those stretches did well at all. And I think there was a couple things. One, it was, there were too many people fishing it during practice. It was like one of the more popular kind of areas for people to go through. And the other thing was after we fished the day, day one, and I was like, all right, we got to go somewhere else. I started looking at the map and it was distinctly different. Like, where you, where we ended up, uh, I ended up seeing you, I was like looking at the map. I'm like, yeah, we need to go up here guys. Like this is, this looks way different. Um, but when you talk about the area that you ended up in, can you talk about like what characteristics did it have that really made it produce or made the fish like
0: kind of congregate there? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was just everywhere else I went you could be in knee deep water. Well, less than knee deep, knee deep actually wasn't that shallow for the Susquehanna. No. You could be in <laughs> deep water for like a mile. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's not really an exaggeration. And like, yeah, you might find a pocket the size of, I don't know, a bedroom that's three feet deep, but that's room for like three big ones. Right. You know? um, And if there's three big ones in a little pocket like that. And everybody's floating down the river and, Everybody's in knee deep water. Oh, look, there's a little deep spot right there. Bam, they catch them, And there's not there's not a population of fish sitting there that's gonna be able to hold up. And so the area we were in, a lot of like three to four feet um area. I mean, very big pools where I just noticed that in practice, if I was able to use my Hobie drive, that's when I was catching fish. When I was had that drive pulled out, I wasn't catching anything. And everybody's like, Oh, you got that big PA, you know, aren't you? having trouble. And I'm like, no, because when I'm having trouble, I don't need to be fishing. Um, right. there's no fish there. I mean, there, there were some, and I'm sure some people made the shallow thing work, but there were lots of fish when you found a little bit of depth and consistent enough depth that you were able to move around with the drive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I opted for that kayak, even though I was, you know, tethering and walking a lot, I still opted for that kayak because when I got into the big pools, I felt like I was much, much stealthier, uh, not having to try to like set a paddle down when I saw one, you know, I could just be paddling and when I see one could, or peddling and when I see one, just flip the bait right to it. So yeah. were you going upstream then or were you going downstream? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I pretty much fished. Well, when I sight fished, I would go downstream some, but that was just usually when I had to double back through an area if I wanted to right. make another pass on it or something. But yeah, pretty much I accessed got to the very bottom end of the stretch that I wanted to fish and then just worked my way upstream the whole time, because obviously when you're walking towards their tails, you're not going to scare them as much. Um, and with that, I was throwing a, a whopper plopper and a chapo, like everybody. Cause I mean, first thing in the morning, you can't see well enough to sight fish. And those fish are just a river. Smallmouth is always going to bite those baits. Doesn't matter how many times he's been caught on them. Like those baits will always catch them in the summer when the water's warm and it's low and clear. Um, but a lot of people are throwing the bait downstream and bringing it up. Well, you're reeling it against the current. So that bait is going really slow. It's like sitting there while it's working, you know. But when you throw it upstream and bring it down, it's moving fast and getting away from them. So, like, they got to react and it really, you know, makes them snap and have to come and eat that thing right away. I mean, because. Literally, there were times when if you'd be going downstream and throw at a boulder and reel your bait, it's like your bait is just sitting in front of the boulder, even though the prop's going like crazy. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's times when that's better, but at this river, you know, they're getting pressured. So you did not want that bait to sit on top of them. And Mm -hmm. so I felt like that was making a Cause I did, you know, I caught a lot of fish on the bug, but I caught a lot of fish on just the, you know, good old chapo too. Yeah. And th- um, this is making
1: me so mad that uh-huh. <laughs> I, I literally talked on Jeff Little's podcast or when Jeff came on a podcast, I was like, yeah, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to be going upstream approach. And I told all the guys we went like, dude, I'm going to be sight fishing going upstream. That's like the two things I said. But what I found out is I just didn't know that river well enough to do that because going upstream, you have to have a plan, like a very distinct plan because you can't cover water doing that. And it, if anybody hasn't been to the Susquehanna, it's a fucking big river. Like you can't just like wing it, you know, it's not like, oh yeah, I'm going to wade past this section. Like you're pretty much dedicated to whatever water you're in. Like even going downstream, you really are like, you can't change the diverse parts of the river very easily. So, going upstream was like I kind of threw my hands up because like I can't do upstream because I just don't have the spots to be able to do that mm-hmm. and when I saw you waiting upstream I was like gosh dang it dude <laughs> he's doing exactly what I I should be doing so it was pretty cool to see though for from, sure. a, from a
2: basics perspective what you're doing makes like perfect sense of course it's a lot harder to like at the time, apply this information and do it the way you did it. It takes, you know, it it takes a lot of, (laughs) it takes a lot of know-how and skill to apply this, this principle. But like you in summertime and low clear water, you know, I think a lot of people and you'd probably agree, you'd find that that smallmouth can either eat really slow or really fast. Right. So you can trigger their prey drive and they'll chase something down and smash it, which is what you're doing by kind of fishing from downstream to up you know, you're, you're ripping that whopper plopper back and triggering their prey drive and getting that reaction. And then, you know, alternatively slowing it way down and letting them come up and sip just a tiny little protein, rich, tiny little snack, you know, that's mm-hmm. pretty impressive, man. Pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome. And I think that if you're listening to this podcast, like uh, there's some principles there is that you can apply to your game and, and really step it up. So yeah. yeah,
0: and some, I mean, even beyond river smallmouth, like a, a smallmouth in general, you make him react or you throw something that's small and black or green pumpkin and he just eats it because he can't stand it because he's a smallmouth and that's just who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, those are pretty much the two ways you get them. Yeah, There's not a whole lot in between.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like for me, like I don't, I do fly fish a little bit, but Chris, you know, by and large, fly fishes way more than I do. And like we have a drift boat and we have a couple drift boats, but uh, we do the whole like row, you know, let the guy up and fish. And, you know, I've had the last like four years, I've rowed Chris around with the fly. And it is very like it. I think a lot of people, they hear that, that you, you know, Oh, he caught him on an evergreen gizmo. I think those guys have a lot of, that buy them like they won't catch fish on them because it's a, it's a whole different type of presentation. Like I've watched uh, Chris. I've never, never seen a smallmouth other than maybe a fluke, which is what I was fishing with most of the day while I was there. Like I was throwing a fluke and letting it dead stick. Um, And they will do that with the fluke. They'll do those like real measured eats where they'll kind of nose up to it. But a bug is like a whole different ball game because When like you throw a little fly, a little terrestrial out, um, I've never seen a smallmouth. Like they will look at that fly for like twenty seconds sometimes. Mm -hmm. And they'll just like float up to it. And most of the time on a conventional lure, like if they look at it that long, like you're screwed. Because Mm -hmm. they're they're gonna be like, Yeah, something's not right here. But those bugs, man, they'll like look at it forever and then they'll still come up and just, just sip it off the surface. And that's something that like Man, that's pretty powerful. I had a lot of a lot of things clicking for me after that tournament. I learned more after this after doing probably the worst tournament I've ever fished in, like or placed in. To like, I learned more in that tournament than I did winning or, or placing well in you know a lot getting of the seconds, other tournaments. Getting a lot of, I have a lot of seconds on my resume. Uh, I did more. Yeah, um, I would have taken second in that tournament. Um, <laughs> But, you know, like I learned a lot. And that is one of the things like, man, I've seen it time and time again with Chris's flies. Like they will eat those bugs. And, you know, like I said, if if you're listening to this podcast, it's like, you know, you you really need to see them do that a couple of times to understand their mentality, because it is unlike anything else that you'll see thrown conventional. So it's cool that you, you got them on that. Found a way to throw that on conventional, though, because I was throwing like a little micro pompadour like thinking mm-hmm. like oh that looks like a you know cicada it was too much dude there was like too much noise too much and it's hard plastic so when it's sitting it doesn't look very good it's the only one it's moving and i think those bugs need to be just like sitting like you just like yeah. do anything with them
2: so so are you mostly fishing at like a cross current and up then
0: or do you it was usually slow enough wherever I was that I could kind of do whatever I wanted with it. But I mean, yeah, there were times when I'm, there's one on video uh that I spotted him. I spotted him late cause he was sitting in some shade underneath the tree and I, I go past him. And so when I spot him, he's kind of 90 degrees across the river from me with the current in between us. And I throw the bait to him and he noses on it like you were talking about. But you know, most baits, you would almost think like if he noses on it and doesn't eat, like you might as well pull it away from him, but, and try something else. But with the bug, when they're looking, like, as long as they're looking at it, you still definitely have a chance. So, but I see he's it's on it, contest. it Yeah, Yeah, twitch it and leave it for a second. And then I had to open my bail and like wiggle my rod tip to get some more braid to lay out on the water so that it didn't start to drag, you know, cause it would, and, and it worked. I caught the fish. Um, it didn't help me, but it was a nice one. And, uh, yeah you know a lot of little stuff like that uh which if you're not a river fisherman and you don't do it a lot you probably would not have caught the fish in that situation but again like i said it's i don't have to think about it much like that's just i'm just used to doing something like that like i see the line i'm you know my drift is about to be bad like i'm gonna do something about it um whereas you'd probably hear a lot of guys coming at the end of the day like yeah he was about to eat it and then the current just tightened my line up you know and there's there's little little things like that that yeah uh, go a really long ways but yeah what you were saying about the them staring at the bug like when you see a big fish do that look at it for that long and then still eat it you know that like there's something special about what you're doing and that was for me really a really big deal seeing that in practice yeah it's it's cool man i'm sure
2: like when you got out there and did that like the first couple times in practice and you got Mm. a a couple big fish to come up there and sip a bug like that you're probably like (laughs) i mean that that has to be a pretty cool thing like oh, oh man yeah. nobody else is going to be doing this you yeah, got a real exactly. shot that's that's got to be a an adrenaline rushing kind of another no, moment you don't get that freaking, a lot i don't think as a tournament no or a fisherman in practice,
0: i was like freaking out so bad i couldn't eat like i couldn't sleep <laughs> because I, I knew that what the potential of what i had found you know um and i've i mean i've felt really good about a tournament before but never like Yeah. Like you said, these days there's nothing left. Like there's no secrets. I've gone ahead and like totally blown this one out of the water, but that's because somebody else was eventually going to do it. I might as well be the one to do it. Um, yeah, there's, you don't get chances anymore to be like, yeah, I'm probably the only one doing this in the whole field. Like it's just very, very rare and special.
2: Oh yeah. That's (laughs) fucking cool, man. You may never, it may take a while for you to get it again, but you know, I mean, there's also a difference I think between like I'm on this pattern and everybody's got this lure in their box, you know, and, but I'm the one that figured it out as opposed to being like, nobody else even thought to bring this fucking baby. Yeah. <laughs> I brought this thing from home and you don't even own
1: it or know what it is or know that it, how to do what I'm doing. Consequently, so good, I actually, I actually had pretty one with good. me. I, I actually did have one. If you, we gave no, one of tell those people that, <laughs> no, no, we, I know we gave one away on top of Tuesday, uh, for a Chigan and, I I like, bought one for myself and I've had it like, I've never thrown it, but I was kind of like, Oh this, yeah, I'm a huge evergreen guy. Like I love evergreen stuff. Like they make awesome baits and, uh, yeah, I was like, Oh, anytime I buy okay, one well, of those.
2: Nolan Ewing and his dad and also Josh had them. <laughs> <laughs> and three people fished them. Let's see. Let's let's figure out who did better and what and how that played out. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty yeah, good,
1: man, and pretty impressive. Yeah. So it was. It's cool, man. That's a a really neat, um, neat experience. You probably won't ever get to experience that again. So it's probably a pretty unique thing, especially like a big tournament like that where yeah. the you know that the top river,
2: of top tier dudes are there. I mean, and yeah. And chicks i mean the top the top fishermen and river kayak fishing were there and uh pretty good time to show out
1: so now i did find so the the one place where i was having a consistent bite on uh practice was the main channel because it did have obviously your main channel is gonna have those fish but i couldn't find
0: much depth outside of the main channel did you fish in the main channel at all honestly the only time i looked over on that side that you're talking about out in front of the ramp was when i put in the first morning which was around nine o'clock and i went straight across and then went through and got on the back side of the island and i never left there and after i did that i was like i mean i'm putting significant travel between me and that boat ramp by getting over here you know because like to get in there you have to go upstream at one point did you go did you so you get went around the bottom side of that yeah well you can go through it there's a little cut through that you could i drug my kayak through it um you but it was like sneaky little water. bitch there's <laughs> <laughs> like three inches of water that you could drag through and i just i kind of did it on accident in practice i was just looking and i was like uh, i need to get back to the truck what's like the best way for me to do it i was like uh but i can you know go through that thing even if it sucks today like it'll still save me some time and i'll know about it for the tournament and then i did it and i was like oh that. I'll be the first one to get to these fish, and I bet nobody else will do it. Um, hmm. Nobody did, uh, not the first day. On the second day, uh, second place, Abby Abendanza, he was fishing just downstream I mean, Oh, I there, saw there were, him. He's a lot of damn fish in that stretch, but uh, yeah, I he saw was, him. He was coming in because I was kept looking behind me to see if anybody was going to come through that same chute. And I saw him kind of lingering, and I'm like, oh, crap. I didn't know who it was. I was like, is this somebody trying to just come sneak in here with me? You know, because he was kind of lingering back. I was like, he's probably waiting for me to like, get to where I won't see him come into here or something. Mm-hmm. So I went over there to talk to him because I'm all about just like, go like let's just go ahead and talk about it, figure out what the heck's going on. If we're going to fish near each other, we should at least just talk. So it's not weird and we're not looking over each other's shoulders all day. Yeah. And he was like, no, man, I was just trying to figure out, like I'm trying to get down to here and I've been going this way. And I was like, well, if you come through here, as long as you're going downstream, I'm going upstream, but you should go this way because it'll be easy. And so he came with me, but that's the only other person that did it. Hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I ended up going above,
1: uh, above we the island. The bridge. Yeah, I went above the bridge and then back down, uh, and then I had never been there. I just saw it on a map, and I was like, "No, nobody else is going to be doing that." And there was like six guys that followed me. I was like, "Son of a bitch! I can't believe six guys are coming up here." And I did the same thing because I, I was like, I didn't fish here yesterday, and I didn't do that well, so I just I let the one dude. I was like, hey, you can go pick whatever. And he didn't even know. Like, they went into an area. So, that area where I saw you, there's a ledge above that. And then there's another really good, like, similar looking area above that ledge. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was spooking fish out of there, like, in the morning. And those guys were, I them up there too. Yeah, those guys were plowing through it and I was kinda like, gosh, like I don't like it, you know when you're like in an area just unfamiliar and you're just not quite mm-hmm. sure where to go. So I ended up going to that ledge and fishing. And then once that sun came up and I saw like what it looked like, I was like, Oh yeah, like this is <laughs> there's fish just I think mm-hmm. I said that to you whenever I saw you, I was like, Yeah, dude, there's fr- yeah, they were freaking
0: stacked. Um I just couldn't figure out how to catch them as well as you did. But you, you needed that many fish to be in an area because of how low it was. Like you weren't, you weren't going to find an area with just enough and be able to trick that many big ones. Like you just needed so many of them to be, cause you're not going to like big river, small mouth and low water. You're not going to trick that many of them. Like, trust me, there were plenty of fish that looked at my bait and didn't eat it. Yeah. Um, I just was around so many of them that it was okay.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, uh, before, before we go, um, you know, before we get off here, Nolan, why don't you tell, uh, put out your YouTube channel, yeah, uh, and whatever else you want to
0: kind of talk about. Can you display the chat if I just like type it up? Like I don't, or should I just say it? I don't know.
1: Yeah, just say it. We'll put it in the the podcast. Yeah,
0: um, it's just so my my Instagram is just my name, Nolan Miner. Same thing with YouTube. Um, both days from this tournament are up right now. I tried to get them up as quick as I could. They're both pretty in-depth i didn't hide anything everything's all out on the table because that's what people want to see and i'm not trying to upload half my fish catches because i'm trying to Mm find something
1: yeah and i saw one other youtube video of yours uh before i didn't i didn't even know who you were like i know you're you fish a lot of these events and stuff but i'm not like a huge tournament guy um not national anyways and i there's like one other video i'm like oh yeah that's the dude that uh gotten to a like some guy with like was like bitching about you fishing too close to him or something and yeah, that's another <laughs> good video to
0: watch. Yeah. That, one, that one's pretty self-explanatory too I, that, I i talked yeah that that video will, will speak for itself but that's a whole nother can of yeah water. and then he was know. like yes, great most of the time the interactions i have are like how you and i were on the water yeah it
1: was totally good and i called i did ask just just for the record here I was like, how'd you do yesterday? And you're like, I was winning. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to get away from you. And I called Cravens was getting ready to flip through your spot. The, the dude that came downstream was uh, a buddy I was staying with. And I was like, dude, I was like, get over here. I was like, don't float through that dude's spot. I was like, he's how yeah, you do that. It. I think I
0: said thanks. I think I, I picked that up on when you did that. Yeah,
1: because I was like, dude, I've been there before. Like, mm-hmm. you're having a good day. You're like in the lead in the tournament i mean not 200 people but uh you know like some some guy like comes crashing through the bank jumping into your spot throwing a whopper plop or something like son of a bitch so i know i know that feeling man it's a bad one and sometimes you can't help it you know -hmm. in a tournament especially if there's guys that aren't fishing the tournament like they do not care um so yeah it was cool that uh you know i was glad to meet you man um you know, it was, uh, it was cool. We had a good interaction on the water. I said,
0: "Congrats!" And uh, yeah, I didn't know you were the guy that caught the yellow smallmouth. I'd seen the fish <laughs> before I before I ran into you. I, I should have put it together. <laughs> the it and when I finally clicked. I was like, "Damn, that was the guy that caught the I'm gonna catch one of those damn things. All forever be the out. orange smallmouth
2: guy. Yeah, you might yeah. you <laughs> might be able to win a two day, you know, smallmouth tournament. But Josh Shrinko caught a gold <laughs> smallmouth once. <laughs> it was 13 inches long and it matter. doesn't matter it's
1: right. i tell you what if i go if they i hope they go back there because i was hoping to make it a year like an annual pilgrimage if they don't somebody will if they don't yeah <laughs> it's cool though that's cool the 200 angler thing it presented it's the biggest term i fished one uh other term or a couple of them that were about 100 anglers and that creates, you know, it's a it's a whole different strategy when you got that many people, man. I mean, you're just like you're trying to figure out like how to stay away from people, but also be in good water. And you figured it out, dude. That's why I was telling Chris, man, you know, we go fishing a lot. We do a lot of fishing for smallmouth. We go all over the country doing it. And like we'll get on a good pattern and we'll leave and be like, yeah, that was really good. We figured the fish out. But to win a tournament like this, you gotta be on the pattern and uh it was cool to see like oh yeah i may have got caught fish but like this dude figured out the best 0.5 percent pattern out of the entire field so it's neat to go to those events just to see that you know it's like if you get a chance to talk with the dude who won it it's like dude okay that's exactly what those fish were doing if you wanted to fish you know catch the biggest fish in the in the river so yeah, man, it's it's a neat, it's a fun experience. I like I said, I hope we get to go back. Um, because it
2: it's yep.
0: a
1: cool river. So
2: well, thanks a lot for coming on, man. It was nice yeah, talking absolutely. to thanks you. Thanks for and, having me. Uh, you know, good luck with everything. Yeah, do you I, fish? Do okay. you fish other tournaments? Then, I mean, what's your? Are you in school? What's your?
0: right now i'm just trying to make youtube work because i've i've messed around in a lot of different tournament stuff and for the most part it's a really good way to lose money but i want to make a living fishing and i think i can do it and i think that youtube is my best route to do that right now uh the hobie stuff is awesome because i'm actually making money while fishing tournaments which i've never done before and i've like cashed two checks out of three opens last year and like lost a significant amount of money so that's just <laughs> how you know like it's just not good um and I don't have the resources to do it like some guys can, but the Hobie stuff is awesome. It's accessible for everyone. That's, that's, I guess I'd like to leave that as the main thing from this. Anybody watching, that is what is setting kayak fishing apart kayak tournaments apart from the rest of the bass fishing world right now is because it's accessible because most of what we do in bass fishing is not really accessible to everyone. And granted it's expensive, but, not even close. Yeah. Not even. Not even. Yeah. Much not much close. lower. They have they entry. have five times
2: the cost of just electronics on yep. their boat as most yep. people's kayaks and fishing gear. You know, it's yep. yeah, it's a much more accessible.
0: um I think that's what makes it so cool. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. man.
1: And your YouTube channel is enjoyable. You guys uh, should go check it out. Especially those last two videos. They were. It's a very like. I would say your style is like really it's entertaining, but it's not like over the top at all.
0: It's like just, yeah, I'm not trying to be those guys. No, no.
1: no. Uh, We have a buddy that's very over the top and extremely entertaining, but I feel like you either got to be really good at that or you just got to be more like you just like very informative, straight to the point. And those last two videos you did uh, were really good. So if anybody wants a, a good lesson on, bug eating small mouth like go check those two videos out i fast forwarded until i saw my name i didn't watch the whole thing <laughs> uh no but thanks for the shout out on the video it was much appreciated uh but yeah dude thanks for coming on and um if you ever want to talk small mouth uh you ever have a, a tournament coming up or you want to come on dude just shoot me a message on instagram we'll have you on um sure but yeah, we're all about anything smallmouth related, we we'll talk about. So
2: good deal. Thanks, man. Free the fighter, buddy. All right, see, see you
1: no all, right, all right, so that was that was Nolan Minor. It was a good that was a good uh, good interview there. So Yeah. Yeah. He's good looking, you know, very Did you he was, say he was good looking?
2: I think maybe <laughs> he should consider going from YouTube to maybe you know, OnlyFans. Are- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. I, even- I was going to make a, oh, I can't even, I thought about this early on, and then you guys started talking about stuff that literally only you two would know what you're talking about. Um, I was going to say, how does it feel to be from Virginia and invade Pennsylvania and actually win a battle? <laughs> <laughs> you have probably been like, huh?
1: What, yeah, he wouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> uh, he's too good looking, he's probably not very it, smart. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, it was good. That was a good interview. Um, I, um, like I said, I really hope they go back there next year. And uh, I, I heard a little, little, uh, little whisper that Chris might be doing some kayak tournaments next year. That's the word on the God. street. Somebody uh, from this
2: podcast has got to start representing. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> uh, yeah, kidding. I. Oh, honestly, I, I mean, if I want to fish with you, I got to start doing tournaments. I can't get, I can't get any boat time with you, dude.
1: You're yeah, freaking, I know. you're fantastic. I haven't been, I know I haven't been, uh, I actually haven't fished near as much this year as, as I, as I would like, but you know, we've yeah, got, you're remodeling we got the house, families, dude.
2: remodeling
1: the yeah. casa. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, had a good time. Uh, me and you are definitely going to be getting out here soon. Uh, we got, you know, really when you look at the season, like it's August, beginning of August right now, we have, oh, we
2: got some good fishing ahead of us, dude, Dude, we but got
1: really good fishing ahead. Uh, I just started, like, just started doing the terrestrial thing. Uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's fun. We're this probably, is the best time we're probably really only halfway through our fishing season realistically. So yeah. we got, you know, the next, I think sometimes August has people go back to school. It's like, feels like it's kind of, the in, it's not the end. Because it's not the end. September and October can be absolutely lights out. And then really even November can be good, um, depending on how everything shakes out. Um, I'm looking so, forward
2: to our winter program.
1: We dude, gotta, I was looking at I was looking at pictures of our, our winter stuff. I'm like, dude, yeah. we're we got we got it dialed in. I'm, we got it freaking. I'm stoked freaking, for winter. I think it's gonna yeah. be
2: awesome. I think we, we got, got it gotta, freaking dialed we may have in dude. one of
1: the best winter
2: programs out there
1: so well we're gonna have to expand on the winter program too so i feel like we we got about what half dozen good spots we need about a dozen good good winter spots so yeah dude i'm pumped uh i think um my brother and my dad and i are gonna go on a trip and i believe you're doing the same thing but it's not for smallmouth is that correct
2: yeah we're going to uh yellowstone
1: and how's that looking out there is it is it a it's okay. Going to be, yeah, it's going to be
2: okay. I mean, there are parts of the park that are still closed, you know, where we wanted to go fishing primarily is still closed, but um, we're going to make do. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. We've been talking about doing this trip for years. So, you know, it was either cancel it because of the flooding or just push forward and make the best of it. So we're going to make the best of it.
1: Well, dude, I mean, if you didn't catch a damn fish out there, it'd still be a pretty fun trip. Yeah. I mean, it's and I booked awesome. our
2: cabins already. The cabins are freaking incredible so uh, where you got where are you
1: and danny going and and, uh steve so we're debating on either upper wisconsin which you know it's gonna hurt yeah it's gonna hurt down deep if we go to upper wisconsin (laughs) Uh, i'll be all right i mean i'm going you know yeah that's true yeah that's true um menominee is on the table and then probably a third uh Would be upper Mississippi But we're gonna We're gonna kind of You know see what we're gonna Be able to do I'm still waiting on Danny To see when he can get off Um, But yeah we're gonna Go out and do some fishing I think both of us But me and you will for sure Let's make it a pact We're gonna get out at least one full day Before either of us leave on our trips So yeah, We'll do do, do that Maybe do a little flat rock action We haven't been out there in a while so yeah i'm down for uh, sure all right
2: right. buddy well thanks everybody for listening to the podcast we hope it was uh entertaining and informative please go follow us on instagram leave us a five-star review on itunes and uh as always free the fighter free the fighter baby